Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA Podcast. Well, kind of. Today's episode is a repost of an appearance that I did. Appearance sounds douchey, but whatever. You know what I mean. I was on another podcast called My Top 5, which is now on the same podcast network as us, Sound Talent Media. So, Thought we would uh, do a little cross-collaboration, promotional kind of thing to help out a new show on the network that we think is pretty awesome. The format of the show is very simple. Every week they have somebody come on. I've had me, I think like Alex from A Day to Remember was on there. People like that come on and talk about their top five anything in any category. So of course, you know what I picked, my top five favorite MTV shows. I won't spoil what those are, but if you like MTV and reality shows as much as I do, then you are going to like this one. Stick around and make sure that you check out my top five if you like this kind of conversation. There will be a link to that in the show notes. You can also just, you know, search for my top five wherever you get your podcasts. So check them out. This was a super fun one. Before we get into it, I wanted to mention a few ways that you can promote the show if you would like to. Number one, share it on social media. That really helps us a lot. Tag me, tag the guest. Does a lot to help spread the word about the show. Number two, if you really, really like us, you can support us on Patreon. Patrons get every podcast a week early. There's a members-only private Discord server that I'm in all the time that has gotten quite active, which is really cool to see. I've started doing giveaways. You get 20% off merch. There's a way to have me review your podcast or music or video or artwork or anything else like that. So if that sounds cool to you, you can check out the link to the Patreon in the show notes. And with that out of the way, let's get into this episode. If you are listening to this show, then chances are that you like music interview shows. So I wanted to just take a minute to tell you about the Pure Pleasure podcast hosted by Dewey Halpas from Portugal, the man, Anatomy of a Ghost, and The Burning Room. This is where he sits down with some people that I think you will like from the music industry and just entertainment industry in general to talk shop and have cool conversations with cool people about what they're doing. A few of the names that you might recognize are Sonny Sandoval from P.O.D., Jake Snyder from Minus the Bear, Paige from Helmet, Dave Shapiro, the brains behind the podcast network that you are listening to, Johnny from Avenged Sevenfold, Anthony Green from Circus Survive, Andy from Fall Out Boy, Steve Evitz. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He's up to like 200 episodes now. So chances are, if you are listening to this, there's going to be something on there that you will like. So you can go to purepleasurepodcast.com. That is P-E-E-R as in like peer pressure, but purepleasurepodcast.com. Go to soundtalentmedia.com or just do a search on whichever podcast platform you prefer and enjoy. Welcome to the My Top 5 podcast where it's our duty to disagree with personal preference. I am your host, Fleur Shomo. And I'm your co-host, Luke Shomo. Hi, Luke. Hello. Hi, Luke. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. We're in... How you doing? Uh, 
Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. We're still in winter, a bit gloomy. Actually, it's actually blue sky out today. I'm lying to the I people. I like that. Sorry, people. Yeah, I got some sun coming through the windows right now. I'm a fan. Fan. Sign I'm a up. fan. We just yeah. need spring to turn up and then, you know, life would be fine and dandy. There was one year where we had six months straight of snow and it, it was when we lived at our old house and we couldn't get out of our driveway. And I remember sitting in the car trying to reverse and I just, it's kind of similar to now being like, trapped in our houses pretty much yeah and i remember screaming in the car because i couldn't get out the driveway and then giving up and going back inside and ordering yet another pizza (laughs) i'm done i I went to college i went to college just a little bit north of columbus and it was way colder up there because it's you just like get northern ohio you get a little close to the lake and stuff we had a we had a winter when i was in college where it was just like you couldn't even open the door hardly there was so much snow and you like hardly even get i had to walk to class and just getting snow in my boot. It was horrible. That's I'm not what, a snow imagine guy. Imagine living is all I'm trying somewhere to say. where they get like 10 foot of snow. Imagine not that. Not for me. That's not always so me. funny to me. Not for um, me. Well, today we have a guest. Yay. Much better when we have a guest than when it's just yeah. us two chatting away. Nobody we, wants to hear us just yeah, talking. That's we're boring all I'm as shit. Um, yeah. Today we've got a great guest. It's Mr. Finn McKenzie. Hello, Finn. Good morning. You know, I lived in Ohio for 12 years. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, which is how I know um, Ashi and Cam and uh, all the City Lights guys, because I used Hell to hang yeah. out with them all the time. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so I know I lived in Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati, so oh, I got to kind of sample. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to sample all the different uh, kinds of Ohio weather, and man, then once you get close to the lake there, I lived like three blocks from Lake Erie, and once you Ooh. get close to the lake oh. there, uh, that lake effect snow is real. Dude, it's oh, a right. different it's... ball game up there. I can't eat, like, eat, I have a friend who lives in Cleveland, and just them compared to here winter-wise is crazy different. It's like Chicago. Chicago is yeah. bitter oh, yeah. in the winter because of the freaking yeah. lake or river or whatever the bloody crazy. hell have. Where do you I didn't have now? a car or anything like that, so I was, you know, waiting for the bus... 19 years old, waiting for the bus, like up to my knees in snow, and my face was just literally in pain because <laughs> you get that wind whipping off the Ugh, lake. I'm just no like, thank you. are you somewhat warmer now? Are you somewhat yeah, warmer a, now? The West Coast now, Boston. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in Seattle. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So Ooh, it's not, not yeah. much snow, I imagine. No, no. Uh, usually rain. maybe snows. Yeah, but you know, the rain isn't even that bad either. I think, really? I think the weather here is fantastic because, you know, the thing is, uh, California is nice, but the fact of the matter is, uh, once you get about a hundred yards inland from the ocean, it's pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, Washington, we've got oceans on one side, we've got two mountain ranges on the other so side. So scenic there. So scenic. Yeah. I, I'm a Washington booster, so anybody has questions about Washington, I'm here to answer them. And the answer <laughs> to all of those questions is, yes, Washington is great. I Do like you, it. like, hike a lot and go and see all the mountains? Yeah. Ah, jealous. Yeah, I mean, you I know, within uh, within an hour and a half drive of here, we live just outside Seattle, there's, I don't know, probably a hundred different beaches and mountains and stuff like that you could go to. Jealous. That sounds great. So you can go look at whales and seals. Oh, how do you go from Ohio? Depressed. How do you go from Ohio to Seattle? What was the what yeah. was the progression there? <laughs> like, have, have we accidentally brought a deranged person on this show? Um, <laughs> well, I moved to Ohio when I was eighteen because you know when you're a hardcore kid and you're eighteen, 
you know, you gotta you gotta make some ill advised long distance move. It's just sure. you know, it's it's a rite of passage. So I moved to Cleveland because I knew people there. Um, and it had a cool hardcore scene, which, you know, to me at 18 was the most important thing in the world. Sure. Um, so I got what I wanted in that respect, but, uh, I, you know, Cleveland in every other respect, probably not the place I would choose to live. Yeah. No. Uh, we we love you, Cleveland, but we don't want to live there. Yeah. I can't I, say it's people are happy there. From, that's great. But yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, you're happy. You're happy. You're happy. Yeah, if you love it, there, good for you. Um, so Finn, I was uh, I say this about a lot of our guests because a lot of our guests do so much more in life than I ever do. Um, they have their fingers in many pies. Um, you're a music commentator, graphic designer. You've written for magazines including like Mel Sucks. You do marketing for various companies and have worked high up in various companies like Abercrombie. Um, what What is the area that you love the most out of all of that kind of stuff? Well, at the end of the day, I like bringing a product to market, you know, and to me, it doesn't matter whether that is you know, band merch or, um, you know, a, a video or an educational product. I've spent the last eight years or so working on educational stuff. It doesn't matter to me what it is. I just enjoy, you know, to me, making something and, and putting it out into the world and trying to get people to buy it is my art form. I like that. I love that. That's Luke's cool. a graphic designer as well. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so what you're saying is you want to do our marketing as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Happy to help. Um, obviously, uh, you're most well-known for your uh, YouTube channel, Punk Rock MBA. Um, if there's somehow anybody listening that has not heard about this, do you want to explain what you do with that? Because you have two YouTube channels, so do you want to explain the difference between the both to people? So I have, yeah, I have two channels. My main one that you may have heard of or seen or gotten recommended or something is the Punk Rock MBA, which is essentially where I look at and try to deconstruct trends in what I, I say music and alternative culture. Um, just try to kind of look at why things are popular or unpopular, why people feel the way they do about you know, various different parts of the scene. You know, for example, uh, I just did a video called like What Killed Ska Punk, where I kind of looked at the 90s ska punk explosion and looked at, oh, you're a ska person. Oh, um, I was when I was 14. <laughs> okay. So I just kind of looked at how that came to be and, you know, why it didn't last. Um, so that's my main channel, which is, you know, the more popular one. So you can think of it as music commentary. The second channel is just my name. And that's where I talk about business and marketing and personal development, which is the stuff that I'm probably most passionate about. But, you know, obviously that stuff is uh, not as fun and sexy as talking about ska <laughs> and new metal. Sure. Because <laughs> it might actually help people and nobody wants that. No, that's no fun. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> You mentioned that you've been working with an uh, education platform that's URM Academy. So you do marketing for them or do you help them produce, like edu like you said, educational tools for people? So the first thing I did was for a company called Creative Live, which was, uh, well, still is, uh, yeah. an online education platform for creative folks. In particular, they focus on uh, graphic, or not graphic designers, on uh, uh, photographers, um, like wedding and portrait photographers, which is, you know, the biggest segment of professional photography. Yeah. Um, so it was founded by a friend of mine named Chase Jarvis, who's a pretty well-known photographer that some people might know. I worked there for about four years, helping them do uh, a few different things. The, the main one, or the first one being that 
uh, this the former CEO just kind of in the hallway one day was like, oh, you know, I'm wondering, should we teach people how to make music too? And I was like, well, I can help you out with that because I am friends with a lot of producers. So I got my friend A.L. Levy on to teach a class about drum programming. And from there, we ended up working with people like... Steve Evitz and Kurt Ballou and, you know, Nolly from Periphery, Joey Sergis, you know, kind of a, a lot of the people that you would think of now as thought leaders in that area. And that was started back in 2013. I started doing that, um, which, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I would say, you know, did change the way that. Yeah, I mean, I think it really did change the way that people learn how to produce music. I mean, nobody was doing live streaming educational content on music production back then until we did. Yeah. Um, and so that's pretty cool. I did that for a couple of years. Then I moved into a different role there where I worked on the CEO's team um, doing, you know, what they call program management. So basically make shit happen. So uh, he had a podcast and did a bunch of content with people like, you know, um, Gary Vaynerchuk and Tim Ferriss and Ariana Huffington and Mark Cuban, people like that. So I, I worked on that team for a while. Uh, and then moved over to URM Academy, which is where I still work. Um, one of the partners there with uh, A.L. Levy, Joey Sturgis, and Joel Wanasek. Uh, we teach people how to uh, record and mix music, primarily rock and metal, but, you know, it could be anything. Uh, and uh, my title there is Director of Operations, so I primarily focus on marketing, but really it could be anything because, I, I mean, I've been running businesses of various kinds for 20 years, so, you know, Operations just means make shit go. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Did I see you're writing a book? Is that a thing? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, you, I started that a couple months ago. Um, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. So essentially you can think of it as uh, the way I'm positioning is like Tim Ferriss for hardcore kids. So like a book on how to, you know, be a happy, successful person for people from our kind of world. Because, you know, if you read a lot of the... There's a lot of good business and self-help stuff out there, but if you read it, it may not necessarily, you know, resonate with us because, you know, there's we're 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 different than civilians, sure. you know, uh, sometimes in good ways, sometimes in not so good ways. But you know, it just sort of I, I realized that what works for those those folks may not necessarily work for us, and I thought, well. Why don't I do it? Because I know that I can. And, you know, so it's going to be a compilation of uh, essentially, you know, lessons drawn from people in our world, whether that's like musicians or entrepreneurs or designers or whatever, then coupled with my kind of analysis of like, you know, for example, someone like uh, Ryan Clark from Demon Hunter. Here's what he did with his career. Here's what that means for you. Mm. Uh, and I think it's going to be somewhere around 20 chapters or something like that, each one being one of these lessons with a story followed by some of my analysis and I that's hope to awesome. have that out next year. Wow, that's great. I love great. that. Look Such forward a good to that. idea and you're right because it is there's like self-help, you know, they don't they're not like broad spectrum are they? They can help certain people but not others. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely the right way to go. Um, that's great. So we are the My Top 5 podcast, um, and we want to know what subject you've picked and why. Well, I know a lot of your other guests chose, uh, you know, kind of um, kind of flimsy, uh, unimportant <laughs> topics. I wanted, I wanted to focus on something substantial, hard-hitting stuff that the people need to hear. Top five MTV shows of all time. <laughs> Nothing flimsy about that. Nothing no. flimsy at all. Hard-hitting, hard-hitting stuff that the people important. need to hear. Let's, let's, let's change some lives today. Let's stuff. get in there. 
Hey and man, I no, I am all. I mean, I didn't grow up with MTV, so I had to. Because um, in England, uh, I, I don't know if it's the same here. In England, we just had you know normal TV that was free for everyone, and it was only like five channels. And yeah. then if you wanted like MTV and everything, you had to pay for something called Sky, um, which is like cable, I guess. Um, and we just never had that. So mm. uh, I used to go to my friend's house and be like, "Can we put MTV on?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either it. until I was a teenager, so I'm okay, with you. cool, cool, yeah, awesome. Um, so yeah, this was fun to like go back and think of stuff that I had to like either try and sneak to watch or um, I, I say sneak to watch as if my parents cared. They didn't <laughs> yeah. give a shit what I was watching. They just, didn't, just didn't, didn't have it. it. Yeah, they just didn't want to pay for it. To it. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll start at five. Um, Luke, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Sure, I can start. Um, okay. Man, it was funny going through just like trying to remember the eras of when I was watching MTV. So I picked number five. I went with Robin Big, uh, if anyone knows that show, which was a it was just like a buddy show basically of Rob Deerdeck and his bodyguard Chris Big Black Boykin. The people who don't know Rob Deerdeck is a skateboarder and yes, R.I.P. for Big. Yeah, yeah, he passed away a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like a dumb show of them getting into shenanigans and they just wasting it was, money. <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed so harmless. Like I don't know. I love like they were just so I don't I don't know anything about them really, but they just seemed at least so genuinely happy and like they were just like boys and just would kick it and get into mischief. Yeah, I, and, Caleb, I got introduced to this from, through Caleb, and I was like, don't they run out of things? to do in an episode like don't then they run out of like content because they're just well, hanging it, out and building skate parks in their back yeah. garden and stuff and i was and just kind of spawned like, into rob making that show where he just had fantasy factory or whatever where he just oh, had yeah. like all the dream stuff you could ever want in a place was his life basically and Not uh bad way to live yeah i think exactly <laughs> i think chris ended up leaving because he had a kid or something and so they kept rob deerdeck going but yeah, it was just so. If I again, I don't want to speak like I know anything about their personal lives or anything. They may have been shitty people Rob for all I know. Best mates. But yeah, well, like you you, I hate that. being like I'm just building people up, and I don't know. I mean, maybe they're awful people. I don't know, but like I don't like if they have like some controversy or something. I didn't do research on them, but it seemed like it was just very wholesome and good and happy, and they just like were boys, and that brought me a lot time. of joy, and I love that. Yeah, just simple. So that was that was fun, that's my five. Family friendly fun. Yeah, easy. Well, you know, we were talking about one to really dive in and get deep. I don't know if that one uh, (laughs) felt very surface level. Um, Well, you know, actually, Rob Deerdeck is now a very successful, like, legit venture capitalist. He has a company called Deerdeck Enterprises. Um, And he's he's the real deal now. That's awesome. He he is one of the people I'll be talking about in my book. No way. Amazing. Yeah. Well, there you go. You remember Drama, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. DJ Drama. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he started Young and Reckless. Yeah, uh, the clothing and, thing and everything. Yeah. Yep, uh, on the back of the show. And he has a fantastic podcast called Short Story Long, hmm, um, okay. which is basically like very insightful interviews with people. He, he You know, I I always just assumed he was a complete douchebag because I never really watched that show. Yeah, yeah, I always just assumed he was a total douchebag. And it turns out he's actually a very smart, uh, huh. thoughtful guy. So you awesome. inadvertently discovered some solid gold here. What else, how else can we pump your book? There's got to be other, you know, I'll, I'll just accidentally like run into <laughs> yeah, chapters like, of your book. Yeah, what can I put in my top five? My to number four you? is, uh, you know. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. That's cool. My number five, I went classic and just did the Osbournes. 
Oh yeah. The beginning of reality TV, like Family Whoa. Star, I believe. Um, I'm pretty sure they were the first family to do it. Um, and honestly, their house was nuts. There was always 50 million dogs running around, and Ozzy was just perpetually walking around confused when the phone rang. And I'm, so what more good. can you want from life? What more can you want from life? Ozzy just being like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> So good. Every time the phone rings, it's just so funny. <laughs> um, Didn't he say that he was on some like heavy duty like psychiatric medications or something when they were filming oh, that, I'm, and like I'm that's sure why he was he so out of it? <laughs> yeah, they probably did. They probably did it just so he wasn't as wild. They're probably like, just take this and hang out in right. the background, <laughs> be confused, um, poor guy. Um, but yeah, so I guess we've got them to thank for all the other stuff that came afterwards, like. Definitely Hulk pioneers. The Kardashians and so thanks, Sharon. <laughs> they definitely pioneered that. It seems. Yeah, I mean, I I'm sure there was probably other people doing stuff like it at some capacity, but I don't know. Um, Not like filming. Yeah, like I didn't that. see a lot of it. Um, I just remember the um, titles being terrible. Whoever did the graphic design for that was mm-hmm. terrible. <laughs> really, um, and, I can't even remember. Yeah. And. Um, I remember Burt McCracken being in an episode once because he was dating Kelly Osbourne at the time, and that was. I remember being like, <laughs> but that's, yeah, so just some small memories of the Osbournes. So they're my number five, Not like starting it. off light. I, I wonder how much um, that show played in the used becoming as popular as they did. Yeah, it definitely got them some... Because uh, that show was so fucking big. So yeah, big. It was massive. It definitely got them some uh, publicity, didn't it? Because people would have been yeah. like, Burt McCracken, and then listened and... Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah, it definitely contributed to the rise. I I believe. Hey, yep. shrewd marketing, shrewd marketing on Bert's perspective. <laughs> well done. Yeah, respect. <laughs> okay, Finn, number five for you. Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit with number five. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm sorry to start by breaking the rules, but you That's know, this is, a, this is a rock and roll podcast. We yeah. do what yes. we want over here. We're about um, Absolutely. my number five show will be Rock of Love, which is a VH1 show, oh. but you know, oh. close enough. Sure, Viacom, you know, same difference. Man, I didn't even look at VH1 shows. Shoot, yeah, oh, I didn't even. Man. But wait, who, who was mine. that? Who was the guy on there? The blonde guy, Brett Michaels from Poison. Yes, yeah, Brett, yeah, Brett Michaels. Like I washed up, forty-three-year-old Brett Michaels, well past his prime. Way um, past his prime. Yes. In, this is like 2005 or something. And, you know, they were probably at their peak in 1990. Um, so <laughs> here's here's well past his prime Brett Michaels as the uh, as the prize in this reality show where, I don't know, what was it? Prize. 12 women. Yeah, it was like 12 women or something competing for, you know, the privilege <laughs> of becoming Brett Michaels' girlfriend after humiliating themselves in a series of weekly challenges. The grand prize is Brett Michaels. I mean, a a little bit like Flavor of Love with Flavor Flav, surely. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I forget which one came first. I don't don't know which one came first, but I'm saying, like, the prize being being Flavor Flav was hilarious to me. I actually just watched, (laughs) speaking of Brett Michaels, I just watched a uh, documentary... um, called the decline of western civilization which i don't know if you've ever heard of it and but it's, it, it's like bachelor. a it was, <laughs> the no, it was just like about, from the 80s yeah uh, i watched the the second one was the heavy metal oh, yeah. one but they had brett michaels who was like 22 at the time or something like it was wow. in the 80s or whatever but it was just so funny hearing him because they were like it was very candid interviews 
but he was just talking and then I'm thinking about him in the context of that show and stuff and just what he became and I'm just like right this is wild it was very I love wild. how he has like such a heavy Pennsylvania accent yeah crazy What's a Pennsylvania dude. accent just like I don't, I don't like, even know uh, I'll have to look it up after it's hard I'm, I'm not gonna do an impression I'm not going <laughs> along the show do it. <laughs> yeah um, um yeah, that's good. I saw him once at a festival. It was around the time that that show was out, so that's the only reason I recognized him. Yeah. Um, but if you yeah, haven't I've... looked at his Instagram, you should. There's he the, he posted the most amazing thing I've ever seen any human being post on Instagram. There's a picture of like he works out a lot, right? He's he's I don't know, he's probably like 58 or something now. So yeah, he's yeah. older but but he, he he is in very good shape. So I want to give him credit for that. Sure. Um and, and clearly puts in a lot of work. Throw him a bone. Um, <laughs> and he uh he posted a picture of like this him like doing calf raises. It's just this close up of his calf. <laughs> Which from like a, a weird, weird angle where it's hard to even tell what it is. And I'm imagining his kids being like, Dad, that's not what you, no, that's not what you put on Instagram. What are you doing? A calf out of context is something that is very hard that's to digest, so I think. Odd. Right, right. If you just like come a across a come across it in the wild. Oh, yeah. That's like weird what, one. The, what? Is that his calf like flexing? Why <laughs> I can put it into the context of seeing a person's legs to just, I'm you know, so you're walking around. There's just, okay, it. there's a calf. He's got shorts on. You, you right. come across that on an Instagram post, just an isolated calf. You got a whole other thing going on. Who are you with that as well? Oh, it's I, awesome. I don't know, but I, oh I think God. it's great. I love that kind of just, There's a you know, whole calf audience innocence. out there. I love innocence Instagram. Exactly, it's, exactly. It's so like when Kanye would post like a picture of like, a potted plant or something oh, like that. God. Not even like a cool artsy picture, no. or just like a shitty iPhone picture of like a plant. There's a generation, there is, it's like that, like the, in the 50 to 65 year old generation, that it's just pure innocence. They don't, yes. it's like my friend's dad has an Instagram account and he just posts plants, like gardening stuff. Like it's just like he's in his yard gardening and it's like, this is beautiful. It's, it's so, it's so wholesome. It's, it's so, so great. <laughs> That's for so you, Rob cute. Shepard, by the way. I want to call him out. Exactly. He's a listener. <laughs> okay, uh, Luke four. Yeah. All right, number four. Um, I went with Viva La Bam as four. Uh, I could have oh, had it higher, nice. but it's uh, it's a classic show. We actually got to meet Bam Margera once, which was was wild because I had been such a fan of that show growing up. But uh, it was very briefly. But when was uh, that? Yeah. Was that when he walked on the bus and mistakenly yeah, he was walked on the, on the wrong bus? No, no, no. Oh. They, he got invited on the bus. He came up and had a beer. Oh, okay. I met him a different time. No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I, I don't know how his parents and stuff put up with it. Honestly, like that's the main thing to me is like how, I can't imagine living your life. I mean, I guess the money's worth it. You do much for money. Yeah. I mean, I guess His that's the only was reason. But livid, wasn't he? Man, I mean, they just got terrorized by those those kids, dude. I felt so bad for them. Like, I'm sure they're not great people themselves. I don't know, but man, he they had, just felt like they got terrorized. Well, where he was getting married, right? And it was about yeah. the wedding and his wife putting up with him, wasting shit tons of money on pointless shit. And was that a different actually... show or was that Viva La Bam still? That was Bam's was Unholy one. Union. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. That wow, was the follow-on, or just a sidebar of it. The sequel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I saw some of that, and it was all about how he would do, you know, pointless man crazy things and 
it would be like, is she still going to marry him? Man. But did they of end up she was staying? Getting... Did they stay married? Yeah, they got married. I, I don't okay. know if they're still married now. They're not married anymore. Finn might know. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, That's but, funny. Uh, Actually, yeah. I got a very nice note. I made a video about Bam a couple months ago, mm. and I got a very nice note from his current wife, uh, who they have a uh, they have a kid now, and she said, "We just watched this together, and it was really good. Thank you for making this, and that made wow. me happy." That's cool. That's awesome. Love that. All my list applies to your life, which I like so far. We're doing. I'm oh, two for man. two on my list applying to your life. There was something the other day that someone was on Twitter and they're bringing up a memory where oh, it was Hulk Hogan. Hulk keeps coming up. I'm obviously obsessed with Hulk, and he had posted a photo that was like of him and Bam, and he was like, "Man, I miss him so much. He was such a good guy." And Bam replied and been brother. like, uh, "I'm still alive, but thanks, miss you I too." About that. <laughs> still, so I'm still ridiculous. kicking. <laughs> Again, that that boomer innocence. It's so pure, dude. So it's true. so pure. So true. Oh, man. oh my gosh. Okay, my number four. I had to go with cribs. Cribs. That's on my honorable mention. It's an honorable because mention holy me. fuck, those houses were always hideous. They were mm-hmm. always terrible. There was never any good style in any of them. They these people were spending money on the stupidest things that they got made for themselves and you're like this is unbelievable i do not remember one house seeing one house and being like that is a really nice house maybe from the outside (laughs) right but from the inside it was always a fucking disaster and they were always so proud of it it was awful right they look like the lobby of a cheesecake factory to me yes they did that is the perfect descriptor (laughs) lobby of a cheesecake factory like who was designing all of these people's houses in the early 2000s it's like someone was like oh I'm gonna charge them three million to style their house and lol I'm just gonna buy everything for two (laughs) dollars and make it look like a fucking cheesecake factory it was awful I'm not rich, so I don't know, but it just sort of seems like a lot of rich people get a bunch of money and they're just like, let's do the gaudiest, wildest looking shit possible. It was horrific. I'm trying to think if anyone had anything like crazy memorable. I remember like some people having, they get like beds made that are gigantic and um, you're like, that's kind of smart. But then also that means you have to get all your sheets made for you as well. The commitment At that is point, real. who cares? And especially cares? to change the bed if it's like 10 foot wide. Well, effort. they're not changing it. No, they're that's true. Someone. I guess they're paying someone to do it. But I struggle with our bed. I have to help Kate the tail with that. So I, I like can't that's, even that's imagine. That's the main takeaway. That's your main takeaway from Cribs. Is those sheets. Are the sheets <laughs> on that bed, though? Like, can we even address that? Oh, My favorite I mean, moment was... Uh, the Yin Yang twins. Oh my gosh! Um, yes. When they I think I ever saw that. clearly rented some house that they didn't live in, <laughs> yes. um, and uh, like for one, you can barely understand anything they're saying because they have so such great. strong like Atlanta accents. Plus, they're yeah. probably high as shit, and they just lean yeah. into it so hard. Dude. Yeah, it's and so uh, there's one part where there's like a painting of a sailboat on the wall. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the producer asks him, like, oh, what's, you know, what's that all about? And he's, you know, he obviously didn't even notice it before. And he's like, oh, uh, you know, kind of trying to, like, explain it. And it's, just it's a family heirloom. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know what he was saying because I literally can't understand any he words coming out of his mouth. He probably doesn't even know what he was saying. <laughs> Is there any, like, how many of the cribs cribs were rented i bet it had i to know be a i lot. bet most of them were, probably a lot yeah. probably because like yeah. i can't imagine a ton of people would be like yeah this is literally my house come do a show they about, I don't actually know, maybe. redid it recently there was really? a few episodes on something i think i saw it on hulu and they actually redid it recently and they 
had some people in it, genuinely, you're like, okay, that actually is your house. Yeah, um, that's fair. And they're obviously a lot more stylish these days. Like Jensen Ackles did one, and and I was like, he's in like Austin, Texas, whatever, and has this the most amazing glass wall that looks mm-hmm. out for fun. And you're like, okay, these are cool now. Like people have yeah. finally learned that they don't Taste you know, has gotten a little need better. to ha- give MTV a slice of cheesecake with their house. Another highlight for me was uh, Damon Dash. Um, when it, he was at like the height of his powers, uh, he showed up and he had a, he had a butler, which oh you know I'm, I'm sure was fake. Respect. It's like yeah. his assistant or something like that. But he had a butler, and uh, he like answers the door like, "Oh, hello, welcome to my crib. Uh, would you like some water?" And so he hands it to the guy. And then before the guy, before the you know the host takes it, he pulls it back and he asks his butler, "Wait a minute, is this the most expensive water you could find?" It is. Okay, good. Oh my god. <laughs> And then he uh, he's showing off his shoe collection, and he's talking about how he only wears a pair of shoes once. And uh, he's like, oh, you don't believe me? Look. And then he takes a pair out of the box and licks the bottom of it to prove that it's never Gosh, been worn. What a ridiculous life. I want that life where I can wear a pair I, exactly, of shoes Exactly. That's the kind of... I mean, of, it's either true, and, and that's why he shouldn't have money, or it's not true, and he literally got them to just buy a pair of trainers because he thought that would be like something super cool to do so oh, i think he was he just being ridiculous yeah awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah man that is dragon energy do you guys remember when when kanye was talking about dragon energy on on twitter yeah, yeah no. i remember that no this is dragon oh energy this is what kanye was talking about i believe it i believe it oh my god oh, okay man. finn four for you number four for me is true life do you guys remember that one? Oh yeah no, true i life. don't remember that oh yeah true life was great what was it Oh, it was like basically just little, you know, like the kind of documentaries Vice does now. Um, you know, like it would be called like True Life, I'm a Cheerleader or, uh, you know, True okay. Life, I'm a, you know, an MMA fighter or something like that. Or, you know, just little like mini document or bodybuilder or whatever. Um, little mini documentaries on people that I actually think were really well done. They did a good job of, you know, just doing kind of authentic slice of life kind of content that now this is a format we're very familiar with because it's like what every YouTube kind of documentary is. Yeah. But, you know, they started doing that in, I don't know, 2001 or something like that when this was a very new kind of format. And, you know, I don't think people really give them as much credit as as they deserve for kind of inventing the template for that sort of content. Yeah, it was a good show. Do they ever do like hard hitting ones like True Life on the streets? (laughs) Oh, yeah, lots. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Go ahead, Fleur. No, you're finally. I was just going to say one of my small claims to fame, which isn't even real fame at all, but I. Yeah, no. Me and and a couple of buddies for a school project when I was in high school did a like fake True Life thing because it was like a video project for a class, like sociology or something. And so we did True Life, I'm an Emo, and, like, did this whole stereotypical, like, emo thing. And it ended up getting, like, a million views on YouTube, and people didn't realize that it was fake. Oh, wow. And it was like, but it was so shitty. I mean, we were in high school and doing a high school-level video. And, like, we would get comments of people being pissed off at us because they're like, this isn't emo or, like, because it was all just over-stereotyping. That was the whole point. So it was like, like, we were just, it was funny and dumb. And they were like, we people were getting in fights in the comment section and stuff. It ended up getting taken down because we used all this music and stuff. This was before they cared about that stuff, and eventually they came around and kicked us off. You still own that somewhere? No, I don't have any idea Uh, where it is now. 
But Does anyone it was you like, made it with own it? Uh, Ryan just... with our, you know, my friend Ryan. Okay, was the I'm going to check with like, him. We might. Yeah, have to I don't think he this. has it because he was looking for it. We were talking about it the other day and we're just trying to see how many views it had, and that's when we discovered it got taken down. But well, maybe we uh, could so all funny. do our own episode uh, called "True Life." I know someone who's in a moderately popular band. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> that would be a good episode. I'm surprised Barely they're not popular. bringing that. Let's that's a show I could barely. see them coming back with, like in general, bringing that back. Yeah, around. I mean, if it was actually doing some serious subjects and getting it to a crowd of younger people that normally wouldn't watch stuff like that, I think it's a great idea. Love yeah. that. Yeah, I'd love to is see it come true? back. Or maybe it is, you know, a lot of these shows are still being made and yeah, it's just yeah. MTV is so irrelevant now that yeah. you just don't even know it. <laughs> I couldn't it's, even it tell you exists, one right, show MTV? on MTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I have no idea. Um, Luke, three. Three. Uh, I went with Punked. Got punked mm. at three. Um, I so my, here's my problem is like I have a horrible memory, and so I was trying to like think about episodes. Like you're just picking out amazing stuff about the Ying Yang Twins on Crit. Like I can't even remember stuff like that. But I was thinking about punked, and I was like, it's just I remember it as a show just being so insane, and like they would just get the highest profile celebrities like with Ashton Didn't Kutcher they? to do it. And like yeah. one, I remember, I remember, um, like Con- speaking of Kanye, we brought him up a few times, but he had an episode, and they like told him he didn't have a permit to film his music video where he was filming it, and so they came in and like told him he had to shut down, and then he had already had film, like a reel of film that they had done, and they literally tried to snatch it from him, and he like was grabbing on it, and one of my favorite, like, my friend Matt is always like, uh, I paid for this film, because he's just like sitting <laughs> on the ground yelling, I paid for this film! So ridiculous. But they even had like, like Justin Timberlake cried say, on it. That's right, like, that's my favorite Justin one, where he calls he his mom. Someone? Yes! He cried. I I think they were That's gonna like repo his house or something. Yeah. Like I don't know. <laughs> and then, and then he calls his mom Easy. crying. He's like, "Mom, they're trying to take all my stuff. What do I this do? Is, this is just I thought he, thought he killed someone. I didn't remember what it was. I remember him getting really upset and crying. That's hilarious. I mean, I it is Ashton through, Kutcher to be fair. Yeah, That's, I was looking was huge through at the time. a little bit of the episode, just like trying to remember stuff, and it. it I, the stars were just huge. There was just huge people on there, which is yeah. crazy. It's just and they so did fun. some like, really elaborate stuff. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe Ashton Kutcher was like that. Was it's just so yeah. Wild I was never was into thing. it. I didn't. I didn't never really liked Ashton Kutcher. So I was. I mean, I was whatever about him, but just the concept of these celebrities getting yeah. shamed was so funny to me. Oh my gosh, I'm just picturing Kanye hugging his. I paid for this film. Real. <laughs> I mean, especially knowing what we know about him now. Oh, I yeah, can that imagine. was before he was surrounded by too many yes people. People should have punked yeah. him more and he might have stayed sane. You can um, imagine the reaction <laughs> to telling Kanye no to anything. I oh, know, imagine God. now. Um, my number three, I went with Making the Band. Oh, yeah, good one. Uh, they, it was a TV show where they were putting together a boy band. Um, what did they? What was the boy band called? O-Town. O-Town, O-Town. Um, and they there was were a, the guy named Ashley. It. I remember yeah, he had his own spinoff of it. Ashley really? Angel, I think his last oh, name wow. was. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only name I remember because it was so ridiculous. Um, yeah. And uh, they put together this boy band and then it showed them creating their album and then doing all of that. But Lou Pearlman, before, before jail, was on there. Before he went to jail for ripping off all these boy bands. That's um, right. Yeah, fat, gross... Lou Pearlman oh he was he was, was it his so project? gross was it like yeah his it was his thing, thing. Yeah. He, was, he was and he was the one deciding who should be in it and then 
you know, he'd if someone did something controversial or they found out something about your past, he'd be like, I don't know if you could be in the band. And you'd be like, ugh. He'd <laughs> always melting. Yeah, yeah, he did does. The band, he like, like, was melting or sweaty or something. Ooh. Did the band have any success? Did they... Did they I remember two of their band? songs. Yeah, they um, they had a huge song called Liquid Dreams. Oh, oh. that's right. That's right. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot. I thought it was album, a joke at first. Wow. Which, uh, when you just say the title, is very uh, Who odd. Who thought that was a good um, idea? And then they Lou had a song. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you guys see the documentary about him? About like how he was no. basically trying to fuck all the dudes in these oh, bands? What? There's a, I didn't even so know there was gross. a doc. Look, look it up. List. It's Rich from LFO, who unfortunately is dead. Yeah. Um, Rich from LFO on Howard Stern. It's on YouTube. Um, to, so I'll, 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 if you don't mind, I'll do a bad job of recapping the story. Oh, no, do it. Um, Please. So apparently, um, I think it was, uh, I think Backstreet Boys came out first in Germany yeah. as sort of the like template for this. And they were starting in sync as the follow up to that, basically, yeah. you know, just let's repeat that. And so um, <clears throat> Lou Pearlman is, is telling. Uh, and then they're doing the same thing with LFO. And so Lou Pearlman is telling uh, Rich from LFO, like, you know, how they're going to roll the band out in Germany. He's like, well, I just, I got to tell you something, you know, it's uh, it's it's really disturbing. But, uh, you know, a lot of the people over there in Germany, they're going to try to take advantage of you. He's like, well, what do you mean take advantage of me? He's like, well, you know, they're going to try to, you know, uh, make sexual advances on you. He's like, what? Like, oh, they're sick. They're sick. These are terrible people. Great impression. Oh, well, thanks for warning me. Well, you know, just if it would be helpful, you know, what, what I could do is, is I could play the part of somebody, you know, <laughs> no. trying to trying to have sex with you just so you could what? practice how you would resist. He's like, uh, no, no I, I, think, I think we're good, but thank you. <laughs> what? That's fucking I could, crazy. I could try and bang you and you could try and force me off even though yeah, you'd just, never I mean, be able only to. If it, only if it would help you practice that. Just... Just, just for you. That's all. Let me seduce wow. you and tell me how you'd stop. <laughs> that's so oh messed up. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, he was worse. I don't even know if Lou Pump. He might be dead now as well. God, He's dead. He died about of lots cancer. Of dead yeah. people. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Yikes. But, but yeah, I just remember like looking what at a him, creep. and he'd just what be sat creep. there like sweating, and he had these really like trout lips, and I was just like, "Ooh, he's so gross." <laughs> um, but yeah, so that but, stuck with me. <laughs> like you imagine well, his skin is like sweaty but cold moist. at the same time yeah always moist yeah like, a, always... like a toad or frog oh, toads are dry frogs are frogs are Ooh. wet Ooh, when yeah. I think about making the band I think about the Chappelle show like parody of the the making the band like when when it became like the second when when Puff Daddy was involved later like they did like a second <laughs> season with Puff Daddy isn't that when they did Danity Kane I can't remember dude honestly I, I have feel no like idea yeah, I just know that Chappelle's parody of making the band is one of the funniest skits that he ever did. And Danity so Kane good. was fire. So Showstopper good. still bangs, dude. That I, was the, yeah. the all the females, right? The yes. three girls, yeah, amazing. Wild. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. 
This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Okay, Finn, three for you. Well, my three was Cribs, which we've already discussed. Um, But I wanted to mention one more of my favorite moments from Cribs. It's a classic. A lot of people probably remember is uh, Red Man from uh, Wu-Tang. Did you guys see this one? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I definitely saw it. So he just, this was definitely his real house. He just lived in some shitty house on Staten Island with like, Two other people with like oh, no yeah. furniture in it. Yes. His his like cousin was like sleeping on the floor in a sleeping bag. And it, you could tell it wasn't staged. The dude was just, you know, sleeping <laughs> in a sleeping bag. When they came yeah. Over? And they had like a box of money, like a shoebox full of money on top of the fridge. And like to, the doorbell didn't work. It was like just two exposed wires you had to touch together. <laughs> oh my god that's and they just had like a tv afterwards <laughs> yeah maybe they just had like a tv on the floor you know like no so tv like he just didn't give a fuck and uh i i was appreciated that one because it was the opposite of what you were talking about of everyone like 
trying to, to you know, off, yeah, yeah he just didn't give yeah. a fuck. Man, that's, that's good. amazing. Oh, that's I love awesome. that. So nonchalant. Yeah, come on in. <laughs> oh man, just so funny. Be, be careful not to step on my cousin or the box of money. <laughs> that's so funny. And it wasn't we, even uh, like bit, it wasn't like stacks, you know. It was of just in it. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> wads of like five dollar bills in a shoebox. That's so good. I love that. That's so real. Oh my god. Okay, then Luke two. Uh, two before my actual number two, I want to bring up one. Not even an honorable mention, but it's a show. If it's, it, do either of you have made on your list? I can't imagine you no, do. No, I do okay. not. No, that. but I do absolutely love that show. It could okay. have been. I didn't really watch it to be honest, but we had that show came to my high school and did a girl was on the show who went to my high school so it was like this huge deal because like the the mtv camera crews were like in the school and this for anyone who hasn't seen it explain what made is made is basically a you want you're a person and then you want to become something else and they like do a whole show like episode about it so and they have coaches that come on and help you become the thing they like what we had was a girl who was a cheerleader wanted to be a rugby player quote unquote now the whole thing is staged and it's all it's all that's what it told me is like it was the fakest thing of all time like you would be like we would be in the lunchroom or something and they'd be filming and something would happen and they would have us have you like redo it like you would recreate like a thing it was like all it was very tv show stuff so it was like very manufactured situations and stuff which Obviously, it's gonna be because it's I a choose not freaking, to believe anything you're telling yeah. me. I'm, an, I'm sorry <laughs> for still breaking real the to glass. Me, damn it. I'm sorry for shattering the glass for everyone, but it was very, uh, very fake. Um, and she definitely never played real rugby or ever did even wanted to. Did they do like to. super cringy things? Like, did people ever want yeah, to be super like, cringy? I mean, I don't remember. Cr- I just remember everyone trying to get on the show. So it was like a yeah. huge, like everyone was just classically trying to get in front of the camera and stuff. Which a friend of mine I was a coach imagine. on the show. It was oh, the really? episode. There was some girl. Uh, I don't remember what she was originally, but the title was like, I want to be a screamo rocker. Wow. And uh, a friend of mine, Mary Zimmer, is like a vocal coach. Right. And uh, she was the the coach there teaching the girl how to scream. That's so oh my funny. Gosh. See, that's I think Caleb like... worked with her. Maybe I'm not sure about that. No, <laughs> yeah. no, that's Maria. Is it someone else? Someone different. Oh, okay. Um, the, yeah, mean, Melissa Cross. <laughs> Melissa yeah, Cross. yeah, right, right, um, right. Oh my god, that's so cringe. Oh my god, yeah, if I brutal. Imagine being on that and doing something super cringe like that. How embarrassing. One of my so, favorite moments on Made. As you can tell, I'm not fucking around with these MTV man, shows. You were like no, a diehard, my dude. <laughs> I'm happy you're yes. here because I, rem- I struggle to remember stuff. I'm not fucking around. So I, I thought, I was like, oh shit, I, I should have done some more research, but now I feel pretty good about it. I feel like I feel like my life was researched for this. Yeah, um, <laughs> you put in the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> time well spent, let me tell you. There was one, uh, it was called like, uh, something like I want to be a beauty pageant queen or something like that. Oh no. And it was this girl who just totally didn't have what it takes to be like, you know, a pageant queen at all and a terrible she, attitude. So basically, you know, they just, geniality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So some of these episodes would be like, oh, here's a really cool, nice person that we, you, you know, you want to root for this person to be successful. And then other ones are like, here is this delusional moron and you want to see this person <laughs> fail. And she was in the second category. And uh, the moment that I remember, like she did some wet t-shirt contest. This is at some, you know, local you bar in Florida or whatever, you know. How old and is this person? 
I don't know, 19 or something. Okay, cool. Um, I thought we were talking about high school kids. No, no they no, weren't no, all no. in high school. That was just mine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a, a good amount of them were in high school, but not all of them. Um, she was just super obnoxious. And she goes to do this wet t-shirt contest. And this is this is horrible, and I don't endorse it, but it was funny. She was <laughs> there, there was, like, the guy that was running the contest who she kept just acting like a total diva too and making all these demands and being really rude to him and stuff. And so the way that it worked is they would walk out on stage and he would throw a pitcher of cold water on their shirt and then they would like wiggle their boobies and people would chat, you know, cheer and clap and vote for the person. But when it was her turn to come out, instead of throwing a pitcher of cold water on her, he threw a pitcher of scalding hot, almost boiling water on her. No! That's horrible! <laughs> and she was like, ah! Oh and like her gosh. skin, go- I mean, it didn't actually burn her, but it was yeah. hot enough. It was the opposite of what she was expecting. When you're expecting cold, yeah. 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 Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> and then he was just laughing at her, you know, making, you know, making a fool out of herself on stage. Again, horrible thing to do. I don't endorse it. I would never do it. But your it was knowledge funny. of Maid is incredible. I am it's so brilliant. happy that okay. I brought Maid up. Was that, was okay. that your number no, two? No, that's not even oh. in my list. My <laughs> number two, my number two is Pimp My Ride. I have to have I have that to speak about Pimp My Ride. Me. I I just loved how, in the same way that Cribs was, it was so dumb and ridiculous and gaudy. And my favorite thing is that they didn't do anything to fix the car itself. It was only the aesthetics because like. <laughs> These cars were were just horrible. They're just these terrible, beat up old Honda Civics or whatever. We didn't fix your cracked engine block. No, but we did. It does goldfish tank in it. You still got two hundred thousand miles on it, and it doesn't go anywhere. But now you (laughs) have two TVs in your backseat, and someone's gonna rob you. So, but anyway, yeah, pin my ride, dude. Exhibit X to the Z, exhibit. What a legend. Well, see, we had a version in England called Pit My Ride, but we didn't get a, a rapper. We had a radio DJ who ah. is this known, awful, awful white old guy who thinks he, he wants to be a black rapper. Oh, no. And he does have really good knowledge about like that, like hip hop and all that stuff. But uh, that's who our presenter was. It was oh, a guy okay. called Tim Westwood. Oh. You know who uh, should have been the host? Danny Dyer. Yes, that would have been epic. I think he might have been too young at the time. Yeah, but, true. Uh, but yeah, so we had we had bargain basement Tim Westwood. You guys had exhibit. Yeah, we had exhibit, <laughs> baby. He was the man. And West Speaking Coast of- Customs. Speaking of British hosts, by the way, yeah, my spirit animal is Ross Kemp. Ross Kemp on gangs. I love him. He has he has a whole. There's Ross Kemp Extreme World on YouTube. He goes all over the world, like doing this stuff. I love him. He's great. He was in a, a soap called EastEnders, which is set in the East End of London. Um, and Danny and Dyer's Dangerous Men was also good too. Which Danny Dyer is now in that soap, so there we go. Oh. <laughs> There's a little roundabout for you, but um, yeah, Danny Dyer does the same thing, too. It's so funny. He seemed like a real nice geezer, then he'd done a runner. <laughs> Call fucking hell. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. That's, that's so funny. So many people in England are going to be laughing listening to this. Um, wait, so that was two, right, Luke? That's two. Yeah, what's your two? Um, my number two was Teen Mum 2. Oh, not the Teen Mom OG, Teen Mom what's 2. The, what's the difference? Yeah. Um, I think it was a different set of girls. I don't know. I've uh, never seen Teen Mom, but Teen Mom 2. You just I think jumped was, into two. <laughs> well, yeah. When I first moved here, uh, my friend Caitlin was like, we, we need to watch Teen Mom 2. It's so good. And I'll be like, what's it about? She's like, about, you know, teenagers that are pregnant. I'm like, oh, it sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it 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 was just brilliant. I mean, if the the only thing I was worried about was like I'm worried that girls will get pregnant so they can be on MTV to be on this show. But yeah. then seeing some of the the things that happened in these girls' lives once they got pregnant, I was like, mm, maybe not because it's it did a very good representation of how amazing it is to become a mum, but also because you're so young, this is a fucking disaster. Like for these girls, like that's not true for everybody. You can be a teenage mum and have a have an incredible family and life. Um, I think they just picked people they knew would, you know, obviously right. show the the huge downfalls of being pregnant right. as well. Um, but there were the characters in Team Mom too. There was someone called Janelle. Uh, who I'm pretty sure everybody around America knows now. She was just awful. She never took care of her kid. Her mum always did. And, oh no! And she went off and got married like five different times. And her I mom don't think was still I ever looking after the kid. And this poor kid. I was like, this poor little boy. Um, and then there was another girl called Chelsea who always had amazing hair. And uh, I remember her because one of our friends really fancied her Luke but I don't remember who it was really anyway she uh she always had this amazing thick lush amazing hair um and I looked her up yesterday because I was like I wonder where some of these people are now and a lot of them have like four or five kids now like they didn't just like you know the one they just kept going and uh, and they're still a lot younger than me and I'm like man if I had four kids by this age I would be ripping my hair out so um yeah, it's, it, it was very eye-opening. And obviously, there are some people on there that they get themselves in situations and, and you're like, you are, should not be having a child. Because like I said, there are some people, it's the making of them. And, you know, they have kids and they go on to flourish in life if they have kids young. But there are some people and it just is a disaster. And you know that MTV were picking the people that they thought were going to be disasters. That's so. what I was going to say. Is like, <laughs> on the one hand, you know... <sighs> I suppose it being a cautionary tale, you know, could be good, and I'm sure it's entertaining TV. But I never watched that show because it felt so exploitative to me, and it just I know, felt it does, gross yeah. to watch. Because yeah. I mean, that's I, like I, that's that's serious business. This isn't just oh, some yeah. kid who wants to be in a band and makes a fool of himself. It's a yeah, 100%. kid involved. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of it. It was just one of those few things on MTV that I did see. And they got to a point with that Janelle person where I felt so sad for the kid that I definitely stopped watching because I was like, this kid is like three now and he can tell what's going on and you are a disaster. And Especially just knowing thing. how the MTV shows are and how, yeah, exactly. like, how they much put they you in situations stuff. and yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Team yeah, Mom. yeah. so it, it, was a, it was a fine line between... Because some of them came from like rich families, so they were fine, and you know they 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 could cope with the stress and right. all all the trouble that comes with you know because having a baby is fucking hard, I bet. So you know it's it, the the rich ones they did it for balance, I think. But it was uh it was interesting to see how having a baby so young affected different people. But yeah, I would definitely exploitation at its finest, hundred yeah. percent. So yeah, number two for me was that. What's your number two, you, Finn? My number two would be Next. Do you guys remember this Next. show? Next, yes. I, I forgot Next about is. that. I had totally <sighs> forgot about that show. Come on, man. I know. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn. I didn't have MTV. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. How could Next? you forget about Next? I don't know. It was so. A very, I'll explain it for anybody yeah, who's yeah, not familiar. Give it. the rundown. For us so it was a dating show. Around this time uh, on MTV, this is like 2005-ish, they had several shows that involved uh, a bus. Yes, they dating loved Dating in a bus. 
There was uh, tail daters, tail uh, room raiders, tail daters. Ooh. parental oh, control, a date wow. my mom sometimes involved a bus or a motor vehicle, and then there was next. So the way next worked is they had a bus. Uh, the show was called Next, and it said Next on the side of the bus, and they would pull up. There'd be one person whose job was to basically pick a date, and they could choose to end the date at any time by saying Next. Like, you know, oh. if, if they just didn't like something you said or they weren't feeling it, and so then at the end of the show, they could choose to either continue to go on the date with the person that they didn't Next, or they could take the prize, which was like <laughs> 50 bucks or something, because yeah, <laughs> they much. had, like, no budget. No. Um, and... The, the fun part of the show is just how they would next people. Yes. Like sometimes they would just, they would say next as soon as the person stepped off the bus, you know, just based purely on looks or something. And, but the part I really liked was how like super fake the um, writing was for the contestants. They would have a bio. It'd be like Luke, 26 <laughs> years old, um, can tie his shoes with his butt. Um, <laughs> it, it was always that this I kind forgot. of you know, some wild man. fact. Yeah, um, I can't believe I forgot. Peed his show. pants in front of his grandma forty-two times, you know, and <laughs> you know uh, wants to be an exotic dancer or something like that. <laughs> and uh, and and then when they when someone got nexted, they would have some like super fake contrived you know line and response like you know i would next to luke and then they would cut to him saying like in really contrived way like whatever he just isn't ready for all the loving in this oven and like walk away all sassy <laughs> like a cheesy one line yeah oh, man. amazing that it's sounds so fabulous and i almost got to ride on the next bus once because uh a guy i knew did a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, back then, like, Viacom's motion graphics were fucking fire. Like, yeah. the the intro sequences for all those shows were so good. And he did a lot of that stuff, so he knew a bunch of the Viacom people. And I went to go have a drink with him in uh, Venice once, and he was like, oh, dude, you just missed it. The next bus was here, like, five minutes ago. And I was uh, so mad. This is, man. like, you know, this, this, this is the moment that I'm going to, on my deathbed, I'm just going to look back and say, I wish I would have met up with Justin five minutes earlier. Yeah, so sliding been, doors. I could have, <laughs> yeah, life. I could have been on the next bus. Didn't get on that damn next bus. <laughs> what a letdown. What a real I letdown. I never saw it. I'm going to have to I'll look just, Yeah, when I'm at the gates of heaven, I'll just be saying, please, just let me, just give me one, one more day just so I can get on the next bus. <laughs> Do you have the next bus? Is it here? Can I have a quick ride? Oh, that's funny. That's Man, so funny. I totally forgot about that show. What a ridiculous show. The one-liners were the best. It's so funny. Okay, Luke, number one. Uh, number one legendary show. I got to have Jackass at one. Um, oh. It's hard for me to remember the difference between the show and the movies, I'll be honest. It all kind of runs together to me. But Jackass was just a... Which obviously spawned, I think, Viva La Bam. Uh, so that's why I had Viva La Bam lower. But Jackass was just, I mean, the crew they okay. had, the people were just, I mean, Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O alone, and then Ryan Dunn and Bam and all the ridiculous characters. I mean, they were just incredible. Like, it was so funny. I was looking through some of the old clips just to, like, to try and remember some of that other stuff. Like, I watched, uh, do you remember when Johnny Knoxville tried to ride the rocket? thing it was like this big red rocket and they shot it off and he was supposed to just ride it as high as he could before he fell into the water and so the first time he's wrapped around he's just literally holding on like this and the thing explodes like outwardly when I he's trying to go that. off 
and literally there's like shrapnel that came through like next to where his arm was and it did like and he was fine but and it would have impaled him yeah it would have like probably i mean i don't know if it would have killed him but it definitely would have hurt him and uh so he just gets back on and does it they fix it and he does it and he just rides this rocket and then falls into the water it was insane i feel like i like, never saw stuff where they were like bashing their balls with things oh yeah that, see, that stuff was always and... they loved a good ball bashing but that stuff <laughs> the funnier stuff to me was the big elaborate like yeah. ridiculous prank like there was one i don't know if it was for the movie or the show but they would they had this giant hand built into the wall on a spring and it was like a five foot long hand and it would like someone would walk down the um like just walk down the hallway and then they would release it and just smack the shit out of them walking down the hallway and they had no idea it was coming hilarious just a hell like who (laughs) thinks of that so funny (laughs) i think my favorite moment on jackass was um again i don't remember if it was the movie or the tv show but they had they were hanging people um from a tree by a jock strap Oh yeah, yes, and I did see and that. there was I think it was Steve I don't remember who like it was so stretched out and so up as yeah, like the ass crack yeah yeah that it, there was like poop and blood on it oh, I think it was Steve if ooh, I remember right ooh, that makes me feel a bit ooh. and just like I remember uh, like the, walking through the mouse traps and stuff like are you kidding yeah. like these people would do like they're just so I couldn't ridiculous. watch they it a lot care. of the time because it made me too like ugh. And like, I get like that. Like, I get cringy about stuff like that. Like, I they had a show on another MTV show. It was like, uh, I think it was MTV, where they had, like, all that, the breaking of the ankles. Like, it was like they would just be, get destroyed. Oh, scarred. Like, scarred, yeah. Yes. With Jacoby uh, from Papa Roach. Yes, Dude, I could not watch that. Oh, yeah, that's right. He hosted yeah. that. Uh, oh, I could not God. watch that show. We also brutal. had a, a British version. Well, we had a Welsh version of Jackass. We had some guys in from Wales do a TV show called Dirty Sanchez which I think was also on MTV mm. um, oh I remember that yeah it might be called Team Sanchez in America um, yeah but they were basically jackass but like Welsh guys yeah. and they were nuts they were can you like explain the- Wales to me uh, it's just a country within the UK um, but nobody ever talks about it and oh, really? I think I people don't Wales. even know it exists yeah, of course they do. The UK is made up of England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. Come on. How many people, how many Americans off the street in Ohio Very do you true. think know Wales exists? I only know about Wales because of soccer, because of soccer players from yeah. Wales. That's the only reason um, I know of it. Yeah, Gareth Bale. Yeah. I love Wales. Their um, accent's hilarious. I love the Welsh funny. accent. I'm obsessed with it. Um, Hilarious is probably the wrong word, but for an American, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit mean. <laughs> yeah. anyway, it just used the, to my the, like the white Welsh bread guys, accent. It's so funny. Yeah, it's hilarious to me. I'm a white um, bread Midwestern Ohio kid. The 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 Welsh people are known for being a bit wild, I think, and so the guys who did Dirty Sanchez, like the jackass equivalent, were did some pretty outlandish stuff. But it's the kind of stuff that I couldn't really watch because it it makes me too. To I just feel uncomfortable watching it. Yeah, the time. it's a little brutal. Uh, funny though, but only on I just love things. Johnny Knoxville specifically. Yeah, he Johnny became, Knoxville is brilliant. So funny. Um, okay, my number one is uh, The Hills. Oh, mm. The Hills had to put that in there. I was obsessed with The Hills when it first came out. Um, for those okay, that don't clarify know, really quick. Was yep. it a real show or was it a yes. staged show? Like, was well, it a sick? Like, a, was it like a? I'm sorry, it's not a sitcom. Like, <laughs> was it a reality show? Like, they it's filmed a real show, life. Okay, yes. yeah. I, I didn't um, know if it was like the. So OC there was or originally a show called Laguna Beach, which followed like teenagers in Laguna Beach, which is in Orange County in California. So very very rich kids, 
Um, and then uh, The Hills followed uh, one of them, Lauren Conrad, to, mm. when she moved to L.A. to try and, you know, make it in the fashion industry. She was going to Fidham and doing an internship at, like, Teen Vogue. Lucky for some. Um, <laughs> but uh, she, uh, it followed basically her life. And then she had a friend on it called Heidi, who started out as her friend and then just flew off the deep end. And... Uh, Obviously, I mean, what I think it's it, it kind of showed the reality of moving to Hollywood. You're either very secure with who you are and you're like, this is me. I'm just going to get on with life. Or you go and realize that you are actually quite insecure and you get shit tons of plastic surgery and end up looking like a blow up doll. Poor and Heidi, that is what man. happened to Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> and Lauren stayed the same. So, um, I mean, honestly, if you look at her in season one and then look at her in the in the last episode or whatever, it is horrifying. They even did an episode. So she she actually got really obsessed with plastic surgery and she was known for having like, I don't know, 60 operations in one day or something. Oh, my gosh. And she's from like Colorado like super simple family her mom didn't like that she'd like moved to like LA or whatever anyway and after she'd had so much work done she goes she flies home to like recuperate and the the, the way they filmed this was brilliant her, they don't show you Heidi's face oh no they show you like getting to Colorado going up to the front door and her mom opening the door and her mom literally sees her and goes hi and then just bursts into tears because oh, she no. looks so fucking awful. That's, <laughs> That's sad. so sad. It's wow. so sad. And and then she and then it and then you finally see Heidi's face when she sits down and her mum's like, So what and her sister's there like going and she's like, What have you had done? And she's like, I've had uh, my nose reach and she's like why are you whispering and she's like oh because of some work I had on like my jaw or something and it is shocking I've, I was just like what has this girl done like and her mum is so upset by it and she's like I remember th- her being like I feel like nobody could look like original Heidi in the world and now you look like you know anyone that's ever had plastic surgery they all look the same don't they yeah so so it was just like to see the progression of that and i and it was because of the awful guy she was dating and you wanted to be like how is no one intervening in this why are you letting this happen because obviously that you know exploitation sucks but it's the same thing as in music right when you see someone who's like clearly destroying themselves but it's you know, it's 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 working for their career, and nobody right. on their team is going to say anything because that's yeah, their paycheck. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it, it was just. But anyway, The Hills itself was actually a great TV show. Um, that it was mostly you know about who they're dating and all that stuff, and and drama between girls because there always is over boys, and and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And there was a couple of seasons where you were just like in disbelief that because one guy would be dating two of them and you'd be like when this comes out because obviously they film at the time of they're filming they probably didn't know and then you come out and you see right. that he's doing that and you're like and then one of them goes on to like marry him and you're like you saw him trying to date other people and lying to you and using the same flowers for both of you and you're like this is just mind-blowing to me and was obviously the, some of it is scripted and not real was it the big finale of the hills where Elsie is like you are a sucky person <laughs> and he, it, did, he was he's a sucky person he did a sucky thing <laughs> yeah yes yes that's right yeah and I, I really like that because it just you know this is her at her most like enraged when i would just say the most horrible yeah rotten things 
Um, but she seems like such a sweet person that that's the worst yeah, thing she can come up with. Yeah, she was. She came from a, a very. She was brought up. Um, you know, I don't think she was brought up to swear, and her parents you right. know, didn't love that kind of stuff. And I don't think they loved her being on the hills. But actually, one of my f- strangest memories of the show is she's obviously fallen out with Heidi because. She, she doesn't like who Heidi's dating and she goes home because she's like kind of sad so she goes back to Laguna Beach to see her mum and her mum's making her a sandwich and she's like there and she has like the tomatoes already sliced up and she's making her sandwich and she says I'm doing it just like you like I'm cutting out the middle of the tomatoes <laughs> but she was doing it to each individual slice wow. I'm like <laughs> Did Why your mum just not want to like thing? scoop it out and then cut what up the tomato like is she like thing. not that clever <laughs> It was wow. the strangest thing She's I remember. She's doing the best she can, okay? It was literally like, she literally had this <laughs> slither of tomato cutting out the middle, and I'm like, oh my God, this is this is blowing my mind and making me so angry at the same time. Anyway, wow. The Hills was absolutely amazing. I was obsessed with it for a few years, and then Lauren left because she just didn't want to do it anymore, and they got uh, Kristen Cavallari or whatever her name yeah. is back in, and I cannot stand that woman, so I stopped watching it then. But um, LC has a very successful career in fashion now. She's made... She does. Uh, she, she's become a very successful entrepreneur. She seems like a lovely person. Yeah, she, she's good. done very well for herself. Um, and she stayed level-headed and has never done, you know, any more reality. You could tell she just doesn't really like the world of it. And um, what was I going to say? And then Spencer kind of lost his mind for a bit. There's an episode where he's super into crystals. And by the end, and he's someone's making him mad. Oh, wow. And he's holding a giant crystal on his head. And I'm like, okay, this guy is literally losing it. And then they actually had to... Or maybe abandon- maybe he was right all along. Maybe yeah, we maybe. should be holding crystals to our heads. <laughs> maybe we should I, be. Maybe that's my um, problem. It's a very successful uh, gif, I think. But uh, yeah, he kind of lost it a bit. And then they actually banned him from filming because he literally went a bit a bit loopy. Oh, wow. So, yeah, not good for them. But, you know, whatever. They're fine now. And I think they do it now again. I think the hills is up again now. They've started up again. But um, not for me now. But back in the day when I got back from Australia, didn't have a job and it was on the TV. I was obsessed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd look forward to it every day. (laughs) So that was my number one. I spoke about that way too much. Finn, you're number one. We'll cut it My all number one is... What's that? (laughs) He just just said I'll cut all of me out. (laughs) No, I'm I'm here for it. This is this is my kind of content, in-depth discussion of the hills. Yeah, of the hills. Uh, my number one is the real world, the granddaddy oh, yes. of all reality shows. You guys are probably too young to remember when it came out, because um, I was pretty young. Came out in '91, I think. Oh wow, wow. Yeah. that's when that it started. For me. Yeah, and it, it it's it's so interesting how you can sort of see them discover the formula for reality TV show in like season two, I think. So season one was in New York, um, and they picked some you know interesting, cool people who were you know represent. Like there was a nice girl from the Midwest who just moved to New York who wanted to be a dancer, I think. Um, there was a guy who. Um, was just going to school for like finance or something and didn't really talk that much. And, um, and, and it was like, it was cool because it was different at the time. But if you were to watch it now, you'd be like, this is so boring because yeah. there's no drama. Yeah, they did. And then on drama. season two, they got this guy on named Puck, who is, this is in San Francisco, and they had, he was a bike messenger. And he was, you know, the prototypical, like, unstable shit starter that would just, basically yeah start fights with everyone and it got super popular and then you could tell they're like oh this is what you do right you gotta have one or two of these people 
who will just like shit start <laughs> yes yeah, like set everything on fire and all we need to do is just put our cameras there and watch um and uh you know the show i think became more of a the first season of the show was just sort of a you know sort of a uh <clears throat> was literally uh, the real world <laughs> yeah exactly which which is interesting to me because i like boring things but uh, I think, you know, obviously what we've learned is more marketable is drama. Sure. Um, and, you know, the real world invented all that. I, I really don't think people understand how revolutionary it was, unless you remember when it came out. Like, it's hard yeah. to contextualize, like, everything on reality TV and uh, half of YouTube just would not exist without the real yeah. world. So I legitimately think that was a total game changer game changer for just like content in general and super good show i watched every season of it up until i think season 10 or so i remember slightly i remember the seattle one i just remember the i just for some reason have a memory of the seattle one watching Mm -hmm. it on a sunday or something and actually the seattle one is shown she's watching it in a scene in um 10 things i hate about you oh well that's filmed in seattle also yeah, that probably would be why. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, I, maybe that's why it sticks with me. But I remember that being like a really memorable season for a bunch of people. And I don't remember why, but I, that's the one that sticks with me for some reason. I feel the like the only thing I, thing I, I remember this... from the Seattle season is when uh, I forget I forget the characters' names, but there's one of the guys gets uh, uh, kicked off the show for slapping the girl because oh. he's obviously like unstable and that. he gets just pissed off and they're arguing and he you know he slaps her in the face and everyone's just like what the fuck dude like wow. you, the, <laughs> time to leave yeah you, yeah, you can't do that <laughs> that's and, not good and but it was uh you know i think that was cool because i mean obviously not cool that he did it but i think that they used that as a moment i don't think they ever expected that you know any cast members would hit each other certainly not yeah. a man hitting a woman and they used that as a moment to kind of really they did a whole episode like talking about it and like yeah. you know here's why this is so disturbing to us and here's why we ha- why we immediately sent him sent him home um which i think you know i think they they used they made that as constructive of a moment as they possibly could and i guess the show i think it might still be around it was as of at least a couple years ago but just nobody cares now because now yeah, everyone's so instagram to- story is that yeah. Yeah, and it and it like Instagram and all that stuff, and even YouTube makes everything. It's kind of like the filming of the Kardashians. Like everyone knows every second of their lives, and right. then it comes out four months later on TV. It's like we've already know every single piece of this. Why do we need right. to see it again four months later? Um, kind of makes it a bit defunct, doesn't it? Um, did you have a favorite season of it? Uh, was every gosh, season was in a different city, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, my favorite one was, I think it was, um, gosh, I, I, I should have researched this better. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure, fun. I'm pretty sure it was New Orleans. Nice. And That's I remember a having a big crush on one of the girls, uh, from that, nice. from that season, um, who I think she ended up being on road rules also, like she's uh, some like blonde girl from the Midwest or something like that. Um, <laughs> And I'm, I'm pretty sure she seemed like a very nice person. Um, and she ended up being on Road Rules also, which is a very underrated show as well. There's a um, lot. I, f- I think just doing this list, I learned there's a lot of freaking bangers that were on MTV. During yeah, the so like, much content. I Amazing. I completely forgot about how and many And we didn't even mention like were. TRL or anything. Right. right. Dude, what does it mean to be alive? 
I did a video about MTV, um, and you know the the sort of consensus opinion on MTV is, oh well, they were so much better when they played videos which I completely disagree with. First of all, they played the same shitty videos all the time. It was fucking... Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it's like the same nine, like, TLC videos or whatever all day. <laughs> so, for one, it's not like you were getting access to great unheard music or something like that. I think people exaggerate that in their mind. Yeah, And definitely. second, like, the tv shit that they came out with was legitimately like change, like game-changing. Yeah. It's, it's the template for everything that we think of now you know uh with you know internet content they pioneered that shit like what is punked or next but like you know um smosh skit shows yeah you know yeah. that's all it yeah. is right i feel yeah, like no. too it's all these other channels now have just kind of steered toward the mtv model like freaking history channel is yes. not about history anymore or like really it used to be in the beginning <laughs> Yeah, it did, and now it's and just discovery. about like, yeah, and discovery, and even like Food Network now. Their main content that is just like competition shows and reality right. type stuff, and which is MTV was just so ahead of the time doing that stuff, which is funny. They figured out what what people want, and I wonder you know, if they had yeah. like a lot of young people working for them, and that's why like they went with the younger crowd and was like, let's create some new wild ideas been. and see what happens. Because I love been. it when companies like embrace you know, what the next gen wants to see. So I, It is I'm funny, like you were saying, though, like they, they think, you think about the music video stuff, and I was like, oh, I was so, you know, comes to music videos. But when you just think about how much content they pumped out during those prime years, man, like yeah. tons of When it was shows. way harder to make content than it is yeah. now. Yeah, right. I, so I, you know, I don't know about it on the, the production side um, or, or the content side, but I know for the graphics Basically, the reason why Viacom's graphics were so good then is because they did exactly what you're saying, Flora. They just, yeah. they they found young designers and they're like, you can do whatever you want. We can't pay you very much because yeah. we don't have budgets, but you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's yeah, awesome. And so, yeah. And then that became a chance for, you know, some young designer to have a TV credit. And maybe they only got paid three grand for something they should have gotten paid 20 grand for. But now they can have something on their in their portfolio that says it was yeah. for Viacom. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's so awesome. true. Yeah, I love all of that. But, hey, MTV, innovators of the future. Who knew? See, right. we did get a little introspective. We went a little deep. We weren't just surface <laughs> level like you were worried us about, you know. We dove in there. We Put got some deep. respect on MTV's name, yeah. people. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, 100%. Um, we'll end with just a couple of questions, and then we'll uh, let you get on with your day, because we kept you quite a long time. Um, I have one that says, have you ever been mean about someone and then run into them in person afterwards? Are there any bands that you've been like, this doesn't work, and then you've met them and been like, hi? <laughs> no, because I have, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not 19. If I was 19, I probably would have done that. But, you know, I am an adult. And I also, you know, I already know a lot of the people or knew a lot of the people that I was talking about or they're friends of friends or something. So yeah. I've always gone into it assuming that the people I'm talking about will see it because, Anybody in any kind of band in our world, you know, is a friend of friends. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, you know how watch. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know yeah. someone in this band? No, but right. I'm certain that somebody I know does. So Six I'm always of separation. Yeah. I'm, I'm sometimes critical, but, you know, I think people can take 
criticism as long as it's respectful. If I said, hey, oh, yeah, I, I, 100%. Just, I, I don't really think this worked out. I don't think this was, was great. Here's why. You know, people don't get upset about that. And if they do, that's their problem. So do, I don't feel yeah. bad about yeah. that. But, you know, I'm always careful not to be disrespectful for that exact reason because it's just not what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Very that's true. good. Um, we got one. Is there any magazines you'd like to write for someday? Do you have any like dream magazine writing jobs? Yeah, is there anyone in general actually that you haven't written for that you think you could, could have a good input? Or I, I'm thinking like Rolling Stone magazine. If if you think any of them are even legit anymore, I don't even know. Yeah, I I mean I don't know that magazines at, at, at this point. A magazine or a blog like text content is not where the action is, so that's the yeah. reason why I don't focus on it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I will say, you know, back in the day, back in the '90s and the 2000s, magazines were awesome. I read tons of them, you know, and that was it was the equivalent of you know what YouTube is now. If you wanted to find yeah. out about some, you know, niche thing happening on the other side of the world that you know was kind of starting to make some noise then you would find some obscure magazine and that's where you'd read about it so there were tons of them i mean i was into like graffiti and video games and skateboarding and all you know back then it's just like youtube channels you go to the you know, go to the uh, bookstore and there'd be a magazine for every random thing you can think of just like there's a youtube yep. channel for it now so yeah. I, I wouldn't say that there's any magazines i would run write want to write for now um but Back in the day, I don't know. I actually almost got a job at a, a magazine called Game Fan in the in like 1999, which was kind of the most kind of hardcore video game magazine back at mm. back at, at the time. I interviewed for it, and they told me I got the job, and then they ghosted me. So fuck you guys. Wow, that's brutal. <laughs> fuck you, Eric at Game Fan. Yeah, yeah. I hope you hear this. We'll end with Asshole. that. <laughs> that was rude. Don't be a dick. Uh, on a serious note, yeah, we we will end it there. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Thanks for hanging out with uh, us and, thanks for and joining talking us today, shit on that guy. Thanks so much for having me. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? 
or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room. Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.